joy. I tell you now, what a joy it is just to sing the praises of God together. For our hearts just to rejoice and give God praise. I tell you, it does you good, doesn't it? It really does. Just to make that journey every Sunday. To gather collectively as God's people. I don't know how it happens, but I tell you now, just a few songs, it changes everything. It really, really does. And it's not just the songs, it's the Spirit of God with us as His people, just moving and comforting and strengthening and, and just being everything that He is to us in the time that we have together. Well, you ready for God's Word this morning? Over the last few weeks, we've been in a series of messages that we've called, You Make the Choice, God Makes the Change. And through these series of messages, we've looked at how God uses the choices that we make to bring about changes in our lives. And then over the last few weeks, we've been looking at how our choices can also be used by God not only to bring blessing and change in our lives, but also in the lives of others too. We saw how Andrew's choice, if you remember, to reach out to his brother Peter for Jesus became the catalyst for God's wonderful plan to begin in Peter's life. It was Andrew's choice that led to great change in Peter's life as he brought him to Christ. And then last week, we also looked at Ananias and saw how God sent him, how God sent Ananias to reach a man called Saul, Saul of Tarsus. Ananias's choice to obey God's Word and move beyond the many negative things that he'd heard about Saul from others resulted in great blessing in Saul's life. And we've said that it's amazing how just one act of obedience to reach out to another person for Jesus can result in great change and blessing for their lives. Now, the title of this morning's message is, Here I Am. Here I Am. And we're going to look at Acts chapter 9 again to focus on Ananias' heart response to the Lord when he heard the Lord call his name on that day when he had a vision from the Lord to go to see Saul of Tarsus. Let me read to you from Acts chapter 9 to recall that moment when God called out to Ananias and how Ananias immediately responded and said to the Lord, here I am, Lord. Acts chapter 9 from verse 10 through to verse 12 says this, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for the one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying, 
And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. What an incredible moment in Ananias' life. What an incredible moment in history for Ananias, for Saul of Tarsus, and for the early church. And when we look through the Bible, it's wonderful to see how God always uses people to win people to Himself. God always uses people to win people to Himself. He always sends someone. He doesn't send an angel. He doesn't use obscure means. Usually, He can, but usually more often than not, when God wants to reach a person, He uses another person to do it. And on this occasion in Acts chapter 9, that's exactly what He was doing. It was no different. He was using Ananias to reach a man called Saul of Tarsus. But what's not to be missed in this great story, because when you read through this incredible encounter in Acts chapter 9, there are many, many things going on. There are many, many things that we could look at. There are many things that we could spend our time in. But what's not to be missed is Ananias' immediate heart response to the Lord when he heard his name called. He responded immediately, here I am, Lord. Now, generally, when we would hear that phrase, here I am, we would understand it to mean that we're talking about a physical location. We would usually understand this phrase, here I am, to mean where we are physically situated at a given point in time. For instance, if someone calls your name and you say, here I am, you're responding to let them know where you are physically. That's how usually we would understand this phrase. In a physical sense, to let people know where we're located. But whenever this phrase is used by people in the Bible in a, as a response to the Lord, it's never used in this way as to inform the Lord where they were physically. When people in the Bible responded to God by saying, here I am, on hearing their name being called, they were responding with a voice of total surrender and readiness to serve the Lord and do exactly what He was commanding. That's exactly what Ananias was doing on this day when he heard the Lord calling his name. When he said, here I am, he was saying, I'm ready and willing right now, Lord, to do anything that you would require of me to do without even knowing what the Lord wanted him to do, Ananias was saying, here I am. Ananias 
had a here I am heart. And he wanted the Lord to know that, even without knowing what needed to be done. Ananias was saying, Lord, the answer is yes. I don't know what you want me to do yet, but you don't have to call anybody else. You don't have to go to anyone else other than me, because here I am, Lord, look no further. I will do it. I'm the man to serve you at this moment and do what you require of me to do for you, Lord. People who want to strike a deal with God or who want to know all the details about the commitment required before they say okay are never going to be called because a here I am heart is not a heart that bargains with God. It's a heart that's completely surrendered to do the Lord's work without any delay, without any distraction. It's a heart response that's given. And that's what was happening on this day when Ananias heard his name called. Just an interesting thought, and I'll throw it out there. When God went out into the garden one day and called out to Adam, he had to call out, Adam, where are you? Because God couldn't find where Adam was. Maybe Adam, because he had sinned, had lost his here I am Lord heart and wasn't ready anymore to do God's will. But oh, how wonderful it is to see a heart that's connected with God. How wonderful it is to see a heart that only has one desire to serve God and do His bidding. To hear a here I am, Lord, at this moment to do anything that you would require me to do. It's wonderful to see it, and that's what we see here in Acts chapter 9, when Ananias, Ananias' name was called, but once by God, and there's an immediate ready response to do what God wanted done. It was immediate. It wasn't delayed. This man was connected and ready to do God's will. What's also wonderful about this whole story is the meaning and the message behind Ananias' name. The name Ananias means whom Jehovah has graciously given. Saul of Tarsus had lived a ruthless life persecuting Christians, throwing them into prison, trying to destroy and level the church completely. He was filled with hatred for believers who wanted to follow Christ. He had a hard heart. He was a merciless man. But after meeting Jesus on the Damascus Road, the Lord graciously gave Ananias to Saul. And Ananias reached out 
and called Saul, brother Saul. His first words of meeting. We looked at that last week. The first words of meeting Saul from Ananias' mouth was, brother Saul. That's a man graciously given by Jehovah. That's a man that isn't holding all of the past offenses up in the present to Saul of Tarsus. No, Ananias was graciously given by Jehovah to Saul of Tarsus, and he went in a spirit of love. He went in a spirit of forgiveness, and as he walked into Judas's house, meeting Saul on that day, he called him brother, and he received him as the Lord would receive him. He was graciously given, graciously given to this hard-hearted man, this man that had done much damage to the church, done much damage to many believers' lives to the point that the, the whole church feared him. God graciously gave Ananias and sent him to reach out to Saul. And as he reached out to him, the fruit of his actions, the fruit of Ananias' obedience is immediate as he lays his hands on Saul's blind eyes. And immediately, supernaturally, something like scales fell from this man's eyes and his sight was restored. Oh, this is a wonderful symbol, a wonderful picture of what happens when God graciously sends us into the lives of people who don't yet know Him. They may be hard-hearted. They may have all of the reasons why they wouldn't turn and reach out to Jesus. But God graciously sends you and I to them. And as we go into various situations of all kinds, the Lord uses us. And as we go in obedience, as we go faithfully sent by Him, the fruit will be immediate. Something like scales can fall from people's eyes, from their hearts, so that they might receive Christ and see them, see Him in that moment. God wants to graciously give each of our lives every day to all of the people around us. He wants us to be out there in our world as an expression of His love, shining for Him in all of His goodness, in all of His love. And as we go with a here-I-am heart, as we go in readiness to do what He would desire, The fruit of such actions, the blessing that comes as a result in the lives of others is truly, truly wonderful. And it's so exciting to live with that expectation, to live with an expectation that the Lord might call your name, the Lord might desire to use you at any given point 
of the day to reach out to a needy soul. You could be the last person in a long line of people that have labored and prayed over the person that you're ministering to and talking to. You could be the last person in a long line of person that the Holy Spirit is using to reach them. And through your words, through your kindness, through your prayers, through your generosity, you have been trusted with the immense privilege, the immense privilege of leading another precious soul to Christ. Ananias was trusted with an incredible commission. Ananias was trusted with a life in Paul who would later become one of, the, one of the greatest church builders, one of the greatest biblical theologians the world has ever known, undoubtedly, writing over two-thirds of the New Testament. Ananias was trusted with this man. Why? Not because he was incredibly gifted, not because he had a name in lights, not because he, he had this long heritage and great education. I believe it was because... He had a here-I-am heart, ready to do God's will. And he did that. And great blessing came to him, to Saul, and eventually to the, to the church at large. Ananias was graciously given by God to help Saul in the beginning moments of his life, to reach out to him in love. Earlier this week, I had such a moment, a here I am moment. Here I am, Lord. At the time, I didn't realize it, but uh, I had to go to Cardiff and buy some wheels for my bike. And you know, every year I do thousands of miles on my road bike back and forth to work. And eventually the wheels, after a couple of years, they can't take it anymore and they wear out. So the time had come to buy some new ones. And I'd seen some advertised. I found the address in Cardiff. And I went on my merry way to buy some wheels. It was a good deal. I had to check them out. And I arrived in Cardiff at this address, knocked the door. A man came out said, hey, I've come for the wheels. Fantastic. Showed me the wheels. They looked great. And he had another set of wheels. So I said to him, oh, you've got another set as well. He said, yes. He said, they're for sale. He said, I can, I can do you a deal on them if you want. I said, perfect. Really good, you know, set of wheels. So I was ending up with two sets of wheels for a really good price, under 100 pounds. I think it was 90 pounds. And I mean, one set usually of wheels, you're talking, you know, easy up into, you know, the 150, 200 mark. So it was a great deal. Went and got the money at the cash point, came back, gave the money to the man just before I was about to leave. And it was the furthest thing from my mind, honestly, because I just went to Cardiff to buy some wheels. Just before I left, 
I felt a prompt in my heart. This man needs to know about my love, Dave. This man needs to know about my saving grace, Dave. Will you tell him? Miraculously, the Holy Spirit orchestrated the conversation for me to tell him about my testimony. Very simply, I relayed my testimony to the man. His name was Graham. And after telling him just very shortly about my journey and about my broken life and about how Jesus took my broken life at 15 years of age and reached out to where I was and, and saved me. After telling him about that, I said to him, I said, Graham, have you ever prayed a prayer to ask Jesus into your heart? He said, no, I haven't. I said, well, would you like to? He said, Dave, he said, why don't you come in for a cup of tea? He said, yes, I would like to. I said, fantastic. I'd love a cup of tea and I would love to pray with you. So in I went. We chatted about lots of things. Chatted about he loved motorbikes. He loved bikes. So we were having a good old conversation around a cup of tea. And then the moment came just before I left. I said, Graham, held his hand. I said, Graham, come on. Let's pray now. I said, and very simply, I gave him the message of the gospel. I said, Graham, I said, you know, I said, Jesus didn't die to give you religion. And I said, he didn't die to give you a long list of rules. I said, because we all break those rules that are set over our lives. We can't help it, Graham. But I said, Jesus didn't die to give you a religion. He didn't die to give you a set of rules. He died so that you could have a relationship with him and your heavenly father. And I said, Graham, I said, we're going to pray right now. And I said, you're going to ask Jesus to forgive you your sins. And you're going to ask him to come and live in your heart. I said, that's all you've got to do. He'll do the rest. I said, it's easy, Graham. It's not hard. It's the easiest thing in the world. You've just got to ask Jesus to forgive you your sins. Call upon his name and you shall be saved. He said, come on, let's do it. Held his hand. I prayed a very simple prayer. And when it came to the moment where I said, Lord Jesus, he repeated, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. He said, forgive me. I saw his eyes well up. I saw his eyes fill up with tears as the burden of his sin was lifted off his life and placed on Christ Jesus, his Savior. I said, Graham, I've got to go now. He said, well, I've got a call coming through. I've got to go as well. And I said, I said I'm going to go. And I said, I'm going to send you a Bible and a little booklet. He said, is that okay? And I said, I'm going to send my number on that. 
in, in that envelope. And if you ever need somebody to pray with, if you ever need somebody to talk to, I said, you make sure, give me a call. And I said, I'll be there to pray with you and to support you in whatever way that I can. And off I went. You see, I thought I was going to Cardiff for some bicycle wheels. But on the way home, I realized that I wasn't going for bicycle wheels at all. I realized that it was a here I am moment that the Lord wanted to use so that he could reach Graham through me. Now, there are those moments and opportunities every day for all of our lives. Just like Ananias reached out to Saul of Tarsus and saw the Lord do wonderful things through his life, just like Andrew reached out to his brother Peter and saw wonderful things happen in Peter's life, so the Lord can use our lives to reach out to the lives around us in order for great change and blessing to occur in their lives. Let's live ready. Let's live with a here I am Lord heart, willing to do his work, willing to act on his promptings, willing to reach And maybe just to encourage and to pray for those that are around us will be amazed at what God does. Do you know, there is no greater joy in this world. I honestly believe it. There is no greater joy than praying with another person for them to receive Jesus. I honestly think it's the greatest thing that a believer can do with another person. I think it's the greatest thing. That's why, you see, that's why Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Because he knows the joy that it will bring us. He didn't, he didn't say go into all the world and preach the gospel. To all creatures because it was going to be full of duty and it was, it was going to be dull and dreary. No, he gave us that incredible great commission because he knows the joy that we experience when we are privileged to lead another to him. I have not found, I have not found a greater joy I have not experienced a greater depth of happiness than when I have, the, other than leading people to Christ. Honestly, it's a wonderful, wonderful privilege. And when you see God set it up, and when you know that God has led you to someone and orchestrated events for you to get there, my goodness, it's incredible. It really is. We're going to pray in a moment. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit. And we'll keep doing this. At various times. 
throughout the year. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to opportunities so that we can reach out to those who are around us who have never heard, who have never heard the good news of the gospel. Andrew isn't here. Peter isn't here. Ananias isn't here. The Apostle Paul isn't here. John, Matthew, Luke, they aren't here anymore. They've done their job. They've worked out their commission in, in their generation. But we are here. We are here. And we're in Newport. We are in Newport. And, 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 and the various places that we come from and are situated in to reach out to the world around us. We're going to pray in a moment that the Holy Spirit would, would help us to see the opportunities that are about us every day to reach out in love to others around us, for us to experience that great joy of being used by God to reach, to reach the world around us. I read a story recently about a man that had a here-I-am heart. His name was Edward Kimball, a name that most people have never heard of. Edward Kimball was a faithful Sunday school teacher in his local church who just wanted to serve God and love the young people under his care. He was a Sunday school teacher. He wasn't a world-famous evangelist. I mean, my God, what can God do with a Sunday school teacher that turns up in church every week to look after a small group of teenagers? That's all Edward Kimball was a Sunday school teacher, but he was a faithful one. He was a faithful one. He didn't have a great name, but he was a faithful man that wanted to look after the children under his care. And Edward Kimball had a here-I-am heart. He was devoted to loving and praying for these young people under his care, devoted to serving them and to giving his life to that Sunday school class that God had given him charge over. Well, one day, Edward Kimball was out in the city, and he passed a shoe shop of all places and noticed one of his young people working in that shoe shop that attended his Sunday school. And as he saw that young man that day, as he passed, he sensed a tremendous urgency from the Holy Spirit to go in and talk to the lad about Jesus. Up until that day, that young man had no interest in Jesus at all. He was quite disruptive in the Sunday school class. He was just 17 years of age and wanted to live life his own way. But that day, as Kimball passed that shoe shop, and his eye caught that young man. He had to go in. He had to attend to this urgent call that God was making for him to divert and go into that shoe shop and reach that young man. Kimball that day sat down with that young man who was rebellious, 
who didn't want to know Jesus, and he led him to Christ. The young man's name? D.L. Moody. And that young man, D.L. Moody, went on to become one of the greatest world evangelists of his time, sharing the gospel with well over 100 million people. D.L. Moody also went on to found the Moody Bible Institute that has sent out tens of thousands of missionaries right across the world. And it all happened because a man with a here-I-am heart heard the call from God to reach out to a 17-year-old boy that had no time for Jesus. But the story doesn't stop there. It's an incredible story. It's an incredible spiritual legacy. The story doesn't end there because through D.L. Moody, God raised up a man called F.B. Meyer, who also became a great evangelist. Meyer went on to lead thousands of people to Jesus. And through Meyer's ministry, a man named J. Wilbur Chapman was saved, and he also became a great evangelist, winning thousands of people to Christ. Through J. Wilbur Chapman, a famous American ball player named Billy Sunday received Jesus. And as the others, Sunday went on to become another great evangelist, himself also winning thousands to Christ. It was in one of Billy Sunday's crusades that a man named Mordecai Ham received Jesus. Mordecai Ham, after receiving Christ, went on to become another great evangelist leading thousands to Christ. But on one occasion, Mordecai Ham held some meetings in a small town. And over the course of the week that those meetings were conducted, only a few people received Jesus. And because of the small response of just a few people in those meetings, Mordecai Ham thought that the meetings were a complete failure. But one of the young men to receive Jesus as their Savior in those meetings that seemed to be such a failure was the young man named Billy Graham. And through the voice of Billy Graham, 2.2 billion people have heard the good news of the gospel. That is a spiritual legacy. Long before any of those great people were raised up, an unknown school teacher named Edward Kimball Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Kimball had a here-I-am heart unto the Lord. He was ready, willing to do whatever the Lord required him to do. And from that here-I-am heart, God's wonderful plan for all those men and the untold numbers of people beyond them began. Today in this place, we're going to pray right now. Today in this place, 
let's be ready and open in our everyday when our name is called by the Lord to say, here I am. Here I am, Lord, ready, willing, and available to do what you would require me to do. Who knows? Just your one act of simple obedience to reach another across your office or in a supermarket or out there in the busyness of life. Just one act of obedience to reach one person with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ could result, could result in another D.L. Moody being saved. Or another F.B. Meyer. Or another Billy Sunday. Or another J. Wilbur Chapman. Or even another Billy Graham. Who knows? Let's be ready. Let's be willing to go into our world expecting God to orchestrate every aspect of the day in order to bring Him glory and to reach those who around us. Amen? Yeah, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I can ask the musicians to come. We're going to pray right now. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your goodness in our lives. We thank you that we are here today experiencing your goodness, experiencing your love, knowing the wonderful blessing of the salvation that you've given us because you sent laborers across our way you sent people to reach us. Some of those people we ignored. Some of those people we cursed initially. Some of those people we rejected. Some of those people we were angered by. They spoke words of love. They invited us patiently. And yet for so long, we turned our back. But you kept on laboring through people to reach us. And then that moment came when we received you and your love changed us. And we've never been the same from that moment since. Lord, just as you sent people to labor with our lives to reach us and win us and save us Lord I pray that you would send each and every one of us each and every one of us to, 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 to lives that don't yet know you 
Holy Spirit, you're laboring with people all over this city. You're laboring with them. You're trying to turn their hearts to you. They're bound by all kinds of things. But that doesn't put you off. Your love sees way beyond that. And in love, I pray that you would help us to reach out patiently with those who don't know you. They, whether they receive us or reject us, Lord, I pray that we would just pray. I pray that you would use us to pray personally, one-to-one -one with people, to lead them to you, your, their Savior. Lord, as your people, set us up. Set us up to go out into all of our world to preach the good news of the gospel every single day and to see the power of God at work as we do. I pray for every person under the sound of my voice today that they would know the incredible joy and privilege of leading another person to Christ and being there for them, taking them on, discipling them. I pray, Lord, that we would be a soul-winning church. A soul-winning church. We would just win souls. We wouldn't be able to help ourselves. We would just be winning them day in and day out for your glory. This is the most glorious work. It really is. To see souls saved and brought into the kingdom of God. Lord, we ask that you use us. That we would have a here I am heart. We don't have to be educated. We don't, in theology, we don't, we don't have to have anything other than a heart that is filled with love for another and to reach them with your love and to pray with them and care for them. So Lord, as we, as we go from this place today, pray that we would be aware of that. Holy Spirit, help us to overcome any fear. Help us to overcome any of the objections that come to our mind. We want to be soul winners. We want to be soul winners. We want to win souls. That's all we want to see. The white harvest all around us. We want to reap this harvest. We want to win souls. I pray that over your people today. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Listen, why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to sing before we go. And let's be ready as we go from this place. Let's just be ready. Be ready and open. You haven't got to open the doors. Don't be pressured. You haven't got to open any doors. People are going to come to you. People are going to come to you. And you're going to, you're going to share the love of God with them. A great change and blessing is going to occur from just those acts of obedience that you take. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on.
Let's give Jesus praise in this place.